Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to What's Tanja Talking About? I am your host tonight, Tanja Poitset, and I am a life coach and an executive assistant. And I have two ladies on the line with me tonight to help get our discussion rolling. We are talking about women and why can't we just get along. So tonight I have on the phone with me uh, real estate entrepreneur, uh, Ms. Risa Dupree, and I have Mrs. Natasha Smith. She's an office manager at uh, Medicare Plaza, two women who I have uh, very high respect for and I think will help get this conversation going and we can have an engaging conversation. Um, Risa, are you here? Yes, I am. All right, then. And Natasha, you are here. I am. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, joining me on this uh, important conversation. I think we don't talk about it enough, but we seem to um, bump into this or face this sort of problem, envy, envy, uh, envy among women amongst each other. And uh, why I wanted to talk about this is because um, of a recent episode, and uh, it was Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Atlanta, and it was the reunion show, and um, Phaedra Parks did something that was really, really dirty and underhanded, and um, it just, it was so dirty to me that I really wanted to talk about this to see why we treat each other the way we do, and uh, just to give you some color, some background on what was going on, uh, Ms. Phaedra Parks is an attorney, but she spread a really vicious, vicious lie about one of her, um, I guess you could say co-hosts on the show, uh, Candy Burris, a really dirty rumor that could have affected her businesses and her personal life with her friends and everything. And it was just so unnecessary and so ugly, I really couldn't understand why someone of her nature, of her stature, Uh, a mom who has uh, two boys, why someone would do something like that who seemingly has it all. And so, uh, Natasha, Risa, I was just wondering, um, did you watch the reunion show, and what were your thoughts about that? Natasha, I guess I'll ask you first. Well, yeah, I did get a chance to to, uh, see the episode, and it was disturbing. I thought it was really disturbing. I think that women are fiercely competitive with each other. And even the ones that seem like they have it all, to me, they're probably the most uh, fiercest competitors with each other, trying to stay on top. And it's like women are taking on this super masculine energy where they, they can't soften up and be empathetic to other women. I thought it was terrible that she did that. And honestly, I was just like, you know, I can't imagine what she was thinking when she made the decision to just flat out lie like that. I thought it was awful that she did that. It and I, I think, you know, women lie. are so competitive. They want to just tear each other down. They have to, you know, who's going to be in front? Who's going to be the best? They they have to tear each other down. And, and it's, I think it's pretty crazy. Uh, Risa, did you get a chance to see the episode? I saw first reunion show I think halfway through and I just became disinterested um I used to be a fan of the show but I'm no longer a fan because I just think things are getting you know way out of line not only with the way they treat each other but the way you know everyone looks too as well I mean you know, with the boobs all out and the eyelashes and, you know, the Pocahontas weaves and, you know, it's, it's just, it's just getting to be too much. To me, it mirrors love and hip hop, whether it's Atlanta, love and hip hop, whether it's New York. Wow. So, you know, I've just opted out. I mean, I used to have an interest and I'm just soul searching now to try to figure out just why, but, um, no, I didn't see that, although I did hear about the rumor supposedly uh, uh, Candy wanted to uh, drug Phaedra or something to that. Is yeah, that it was what a very treacherous, uh, yeah, yeah. A very ugly lie, yeah, very, it, it very was. ugly lie. Yeah, and but then so, again, I mean, you have to consider the source. You have to consider the source. She married an ex-con. He's in jail again, and there's this new video out about Phaedra really being in cahoots 
with another woman who's getting ready to write this book about her and what she uh, did. I think that book um, is already um, right. That book wow. is already out. That one's kind of that one's been out for a minute, but it it just oh, okay. kind of struck a chord in me about the behavior and. Um, why we do this to one another, and I think Natasha brought up a good point about this inner competitiveness. And I wonder, I would like to ask you ladies, where do you think that gets started at? Because if I would have to take a guess on how we become so competitive against one another, and this may sound kind of cruel or heartless or cold, but I actually believe it begins in the home and it begins with the relationship that a female young child has with her mother. So I think that there's a connection there, and I think little girls grow up mirroring the women that are in their homes, and we repeat a lot of behavior in order to gain our mother's or our caregiver, our female caregiver's um, approval. So to be Mm -hmm. in sync with the female in our home means approval, means acceptance, but at what cost and – so I would just like to ask you guys, where do you think the competitiveness begins uh, with women? Natasha? I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think, you know, it's the quality of the family and the personal relationships that you have coming up. Those those relationships are really important because they should teach you um, how to, you know, take care of other women and how to be empathetic and how to be, you know, a nurturing um, person. That's what that's what I believe those relationships should do, or at least at the bare minimum, you know how you want to be treated as a person, as, as just a human being. You know how you want to be treated. So knowing that, you have to expect that everyone wants the same thing. No one wants to be mistreated. Everyone deserves respect. So, you know, I think those relationships begin with the quality of the relationships that they have with the women in their life when they're coming up. Um, I think it starts very early. You know, it. You know, those relationships teach you how to be. They teach you how to. Um, oh, well, they should. If if you're in the right circumstance, they should teach you how to. You know, be all those good things to other people, the things that you expect for yourself. You know, because everybody wants that. You know, but when right. you don't so you're get your that, environment, you know, it's your different. environment shapes your character. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, Risa, yeah. do you have any thoughts on where you think yeah. this competitiveness begins? Well, I kind of um, think that it, it begins like at puberty when women or young girls are starting to look at boys and boys are starting to look at girls. As you know, um, in the black community, there's distinctive lines between, you know, how somebody looks, what grade of hair they have, you know, how much melanin is in the skin and and then you know some girls think they look better than others or think they are better than others I mean I grew up in a very nurturing environment and there was nothing like no competitive nature in my house I have two brothers I didn't have a sister but I do believe you know I was hated in my community and I grew up in the suburbs and you know and I was a nice person I am a nice person always wanted to get along with everyone but most of the girls didn't like me because I wanted to be a cheerleader and, you know, I read books, you know, um, extensively and just did a lot of different things because of the exposure that I had from my parents. But I, I just think it's, it's just being jealous because the lack yes. of, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's an emotional deprivation. I think that's the underlying point there. You know, it, it, it could have happened in the house or it could have happened in a school environment where somebody may feel ostracized or rejected for whatever reason. But primarily, I believe it really starts in uh, during puberty when you start looking at boys and boys start looking at girls and then the girls, you know, are p- putting on tons of makeup and wearing certain clothes and, you know, and putting out just to get the guy because, you know, that's your leg up on someone else. Yeah. If that's where I the competition, the peers, I believe, yeah. starts. I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that yeah. level, too. Yeah. I think the peers, yeah. you know, once you get, you know, into a certain peer group and you start mm-hmm. um, noticing this or that about the others and, mm-hmm. you know, it can turn into this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns into this yeah. thing that, that wasn't yeah. before. 
Yeah, I do agree on that. But I think the core of who we are as people, I'm sorry, the core of who we are as people, you learn those things from when you're small and, you know, you mm-hmm. got to try and carry those things with you and learn how to treat other yeah. people, you know. So if I'm hearing correctly, it could be a combination of your environment and the attention that women are seeking, I guess, from boys that starts at puberty. Um, those yeah. are really good points. We have uh, two callers on the line. I'm going to plug in caller with a 973 area code and 508. Are you still here? Yes, it's Jillian. How are you? Hi, Jillian. Thank you for calling in. Did you have a comment or do you have some thoughts on where you think the competitiveness begins with women? Or did you have a comment maybe about um, how we started the conversation? What was, you know, Phaedra did that was so ugly as a professional woman? And what would push a woman to do something so devious and so envious, especially if you appear to have it all? And I think Natasha made a good point when she said, the women who appear to have it all are probably the most devious and the most dangerous because they're trying so hard to stay on top. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I didn't get to see the show. Um, I actually have never watched the show only because, you know, at first I think I heard good things about the show and then I started to hear the negative about it. And me, myself, I love people in general, and my friends, I hold them close to my heart. And to just sit and watch women tear each other apart, I I just can't do it. Um, but I do agree with Natasha, um, the people that seem to think that they have it all, or that we think have it all, really don't have it all. Um, I was in a particular situation where I had someone I thought was my friend, and uh, I met her in my 20s, and we were cool for a minute, and then um, she introduced me to her friends, and uh, I don't think she really liked the way her friends were receiving me because everyone would say, oh, she's so nice, this, that, and the other. And a lot of people to believe, for me anyway, that she can't possibly be that nice. Um, And one thing I would always hear is, you have beautiful skin. So one day I think I happened to be at her home, and the next day I found out that she actually went through my pocketbook to find out if I had makeup in my pocketbook. Wow. So wow. She, found, she, uh, she found, what did she find? I think it was like um, the powder to take the oil out of your skin. Yeah. And... So she made it her business to tell each and every one of them, oh, her skin isn't that gorgeous. She has this in her pocketbook. That's so, awful. So That's... Why, do you think that, why do you think it was so important for her to try to find something to discredit you? And this is, you know, why this is what I'm trying to find out. Like, how do we stop this? Why did she do that? Is that just a singular insecurity um, against in, with individual women, or is this a blanket problem overall for women? Have we ever been in a situation where being, when I see another woman and I think she's beautiful, I will compliment her. If she has something nice, I will tell her it's nice. I, I never really feel like I have to diminish someone in order for me to be seen. I heard a, a, a great saying, it's, uh, I never have to unscrew another woman's light bulb for me to get my shine on, but apparently right. some women do feel that way, and um, we're just trying to get a grip on how can we really have it all? Can we ever really be candid with one another? When are we not in competition with one another? And I think one of the reasons why it saddens me so much is because women, we go through so much. We face so much adversity. I mean, we can't get paid the same things at work. Uh, we're being a mother, we're trying to run a home, we're trying to do the work balance thing, and we face so much opposition. And oftentimes we're in, you know, unhealthy relationships with other men, and every woman knows what it feels like to um, be betrayed in love or friendship, but we still seem to hurt one another, even though we know what that pain feels like, we still seem to do that to one another. I have um, 
another caller on the line. I'd just like to uh, patch her in or him. This is a caller, 973-870. Are you here? Hello? Okay, we'll put that back on mute. Uh, I have a second caller here, 973-424. Are you still here, caller? Yes. Hi, Tonja. This is Lorraine. How are you? Hi, guys. Hi. How Hello. are you? Just good, uh, good. wondering, so what were some of your thoughts about why women are so evil towards one another, so competitive against one another? Okay, I don't want to sound too antiquated, but I think it goes. it's a trust issue. It's a trust issue, and, and we've been, this goes all the way back to being the house slave and the field slave, you know, and wow. the the one that we perceived as prettier or we thought was pretty was always preferred. So we're going to, we don't want that shine. We want to be the ones that are up, that, that's up there. We want to be the one that's noticed, and if there's somebody that's a little, that we think is a little prettier than us or has a little more than we do, we have to discredit that because we want to maintain the shine, which I think is crazy because we all benefit if we, you know, acknowledge the good that we see in each other and try to help fix what's not so good in each other. You understand what I mean? I do, and I think that's a good point in reference to black women, but how do you also Mm -hmm. tie that into uh, Caucasian women or Asian women or Hispanic women because even though yeah, we're because different I know culturally, there's a, there's this quite is a few one white thing. Girls just that one I second, know. just one second, please. Just give me one second. Uh, even though we're mm-hmm. all different, like culturally, mm-hmm. we we still hurt each other. And it doesn't matter what our race is or how we grew up. Right. We're still hateful mm-hmm. of one another. So how that does position. that? We trying to we're trying to get that position that that position of being the top one, which you know, the one that gets all the favor, the one that gets all the benefits. And it's, it's, it's so sad, but you're right. It, and, um, I didn't mean to just focus on us, but, you know, I'm going to talk about what I know. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's for every woman, it's, it's really, really sad. And even look at it in little girls, you know. It's a sign little of weakness. When mm-hmm. It's a sign I of agree. weakness to me when you tear others down to try to, you know, make yourself for whatever reason you do it. It's a sign of pure weakness. It's, it, it it just shows that you're you're not confident in who you are and you're weak because only a weak person can take those kinds of actions towards someone else. If you have any confidence in yourself, why do you need to tear anyone else down? It's a sign of weakness. You make a very good you make a very good point. And also, have you ever noticed if you like Tom? I know you just said that. Um, You've paid compliments to women, uh, you know, just because that was a fact. She had on something pretty. She looked good. But I've, I've been in a situation where I said, you know, you look really nice today. And they look at me like, what? Or what do you want? Or why are you saying that to me? I believe it's a trust issue. Why are you being so nice to me? What is it that you want? You don't know me. So why are you saying this to me? You, you understand what I mean? I yeah, really believe I it's a I... trust issue. I can definitely see where trust would come into play, but at some point there is a general overall courtesy that we should be extending to one another because we know what it's like to carry this burden of being a woman, and that courtesy Mm -hmm. isn't being extended. And I do think that social media and the television, all the things on television, the reality shows, I think they're programming Mm -hmm. young girls to – treat each other badly, and I believe, Risa, you said this, the Pocahontas weaves, the eyelashes, the, the mm-hmm. three tons of makeup. Eyelashes, Elsie the cow eyelashes. Yes, it's, it's just so much. <laughs> when are we ever ourselves? When are we ever vulnerable? Like, when are we ever ourselves? And how do you, for me, I can't imagine my life without my female friends, and I'm thinking if you're a very insecure woman, wouldn't that mean you don't have good friends or close friends? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. Yeah. Because then, so when know, we see women who don't have friends, should we be 
cautious of them? Is that a sign of something bigger when we meet women who say, I don't have female friends or I only hang out with I men? I think it's a sign is of that something a woman bigger trying to sure. protect herself? Is that, is that a woman trying to protect herself or is that a woman can who I, can't can interact with other that? women? Can I speak on that? Yes. This is Rita. Yeah. Basically, uh, I'll share this with the group. I, um, I'm a 59-year-old woman, and I married young at the age of 20. I had my son at age 22. Now, I don't have any sisters. A lot of people, as I mentioned, I grew up with, you know, for whatever reason, they don't like me. Okay. So my cousin was the best. My cousin was my maid of honor in the wedding, and she met her husband, who was the best man in the wedding. Okay, my cousin and I grew up like sisters because I didn't have a sister. She lived in Elizabeth, but most weekends she was here here in Colonia with me. To make a long story short, I got a divorce. She was like my best friend and my best cousin. I got a divorce. Do you think I got, and all through separation and divorce, she never once called me. We grew up together. Never once called me. I was ostracized from her family of sisters. She had nine sisters. Not even a call during separation or divorce. But she met her husband yeah. at my wedding. And to this day, they're yeah. still married. But her sisters so do don't really that... want anything to do with me. So what I am saying to you is that I choose to be okay, someone, alone. Can someone mute their very... phone or? And have... <laughs> I choose to be alone. I don't have a lot of friends. I'm very selective in the friends that I have. And I'd rather hang around with guys than to hang around with women. You know, I think I'm, I'm a nice person. I don't need anything from anybody. I'm one of the first people to always offer compliments, you know, but I just think some people grow up with emotional deprivation to the point of really being sick. I don't think it's a weakness. I think it's a sickness, actually. I, I think really? there's something inherently wrong. That's yes, pretty I, deep. I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it borderlines. Uh, yeah, yeah, a personality disorder. I really do. Due to emotional deprivation in the household, as we spoke about before, and then as puberty comes along, it just manifests at that I stage I think that's of a life. great point. That's what I think. Awesome point. I think yeah. so. I, I have to agree with that, too. Um, this is Jillian. Yeah, I'm so, so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, Hi, Jillian. Hi, Teresa. Not to take you off, Teresa, but the young lady that I was talking about with the the makeup thing, she came from a household where she it was herself and two brothers, so she got a ton of attention. So when I met her, mainly all her friends were male friends, and so they gave her all the attention she wanted mm-hmm. because she was like the girl in the middle, and all the guys were around her. And whenever she couldn't get her way. Um, with any of them, she would pout and just act like a true child. And I sat back and I watched that and I would say to myself, there's something wrong somewhere that a grown woman would have to act that way. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking, because I know her dad left her mom, just walked away, and I'm wondering, I it left me wondering if that was something that truly affected her in the way that she had to behave that way um, mm-hmm. with her male mm-hmm. companion. Okay, so mm-hmm. if I can just interject here quickly. So, Jillian, you think something, uh, it, we may be onto something if a woman does not grow up with a man in the house. So you're thinking she could be in competition f- with other women for the attention of men if she did not receive that attention from a father or a male figure growing up? I think that could be one part of it, yes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That could be part of the issue. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. Um, I also would like to add that I think some of the competition is actually um, exaggerated by men, I think when women seek the attention of men and then when you have men who are actually boys pretending to be men, I think they pit women against one another. And I think that that also is a source of our problem when men use us like toys um, to, you know, fight bigger with. Okay, well. 
to fight and bicker with one another. And um, I don't know how soon that starts, Risa. You think it may start in puberty, but I see women, and I'm 49, and I see women in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I still see women in competition and being played by other men. And so I guess I would really like to try to find out how do we change this because right now so many people are winning and we're losing because we're cutting off our own nose to spite our own face. So I really don't understand how do we raise our children, our little girls, to love and be kind to one another. Do we? Does that mean no television? Does that mean no social media? What are some of the steps we can begin to take to heal this fracture in, in our sisterhood? One of, one of the steps get, is, explain, is, is really what I do with my daughter, who's 25 years old, I adopted her when she was three months old, um, very independent, living in Connecticut, doing her own thing. You know, she embraces women, compliments women, loves the company of women, you know, and basically you do that by exposure and by sharing your stories and sharing your truth with your daughter. That's how it starts. Julian, what do you say? Having a nice environment, nurturing your daughter, and sharing your story, the good and the bad, the good and the bad. Thank you, Risa. If we can just go one at a time, Julian, what are your thoughts on that? I agree 100% with that. With my daughter, she's 20, 20, um, from the beginning, from the start, you know, I would always encourage her to be friends with anyone, you know, who receives her friendship, never to harp on anyone's looks because it goes much deeper than that. Um, I would always talk to her about my situation growing up, as well as she would come home and tell me about certain things that happened in school that maybe um, someone was being teased or bullied. And um, we would actually have a conversation around that, and I would turn it around on her. Well, what if this was happening to you? How would you handle it? And Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the greatest things that I did with her because she has no problem walking up to another woman and saying, oh, wow, you look really great. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she still feels secure about herself, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think I agree with Teresa 100% in that sharing, mm-hmm. um, making them feel secure about themselves and that mm-hmm. there's no need to be jealous of someone because they may have something more than you. Now, Natasha, you have a younger daughter, And I know through just having conversations with you, like, Samina is experiencing this really early, like third, fourth grade of other girls snatching off her, you know, her, her, what do you, I'm sorry, I don't want to call it the wrong name. What is it, Natasha? Her hijab. Snatching off her hijab and, you know, just being mean to her. She's just the sweetest little girl. And what do you do? How do you talk to her? Like, how did you mold her personality? I agree with the ladies. Like, she's only nine, but I don't think it's ever too soon to, once they understand how, you know, understand who they are and, you know, what's going on around them. Like, if she can come home and tell me things like this, then she's not too young to hear some things. So I talk to her. I agree with the ladies. Um, I have shared my stories with her. I have always spoken to her about having confidence and being a leader and, um, you know, having empathy and all those things. And, you know, she's um, very confident. She has no problem complimenting other, you know, other little girls. That um, And it doesn't make her feel any less of who she is um, because of that. And so she's, she's very strong in her spot and confident because I've talked to her. And um, we have conversations. We have serious conversations. And even though she's nine, she's very mature for her age. And she understands mm-hmm. and she gets it. She gets it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I've just always spoken with her and, you know, just try to teach her to be strong and confident and, you know, not to ever um, diminish other people. Like, you know, sometimes women, they talk, you know, when they're talking about other women and they have to throw some kind of, you know, snide comment in that may be diminishing to the other person. You don't have to do things like that to get your point across. 
And a lot of women fall into that. And I think um, the social media thing has a lot to do with it. And, too, the, um, you know, the way that um, men objectify and treat women, all of that stuff plays a part in it. But with my baby, you know, we talk. We have conversations. We have real conversations that a lot of um, some other parents might think is too soon for a nine-year-old. But, you know, you have to gauge your child. You have to know your child. And I think she's mature enough to um, understand the things that we discuss so she'll know how to move out here. She'll know how to get around out here. I would agree with Mm -hmm. that. And and I'd also like to add, I think when little girls, uh, when they watch their mom and they're watching us even when they think, even when we think they aren't watching us, I think when you see your mom be nasty to other women or when you hear your mother constantly gossiping Mm -hmm. about other women, I think that that shapes the the foundation for envy and jealousy and insecurity. And so unfortunately, but fortunately, everyone on the line here who has a daughter, they are taking responsible actions to keep the lines of communications open and to talk about this. But the one thing we don't have tonight is per se someone, a woman who's not comfortable where she is, who is insecure who does gossip about a lot of women, and I don't think too many women would be willing to step up to the plate to say, I'm envious, I gossip about other women. We don't have that tonight. But I think that that plays an important role in how your daughter grows up as a woman. What does she see her mother do? How does her mother dress? How does her mother treat other women? Like, Mm -hmm. I just remember Mm -hmm. just growing up and there was between my mom and my aunts, you know, my older cousins, there was always gossiping going on. And so that's something that Mm -hmm. really, really bothered me. Why do we talk about one another and we talk about it in such a humiliating way and we ourselves are actually facing the same problem or we've been through it? Why gossip? And it's, I don't know if I think it's getting worse because of social media and, and, like I said, reality television, but the gossiping. I'd like to hear how you ladies feel about gossiping, if you've ever heard your daughter gossip or if you've ever gossiped in front of your daughter. I can, uh, yeah. Jillian, would you like to start? Sure. Um, that was one thing I never did in front of If I did have something smart to say about someone. I would never do it in front of um, Amber because my mother would always chase me out of a room if adults were talking, you know. So she never did that in front of me, if, you know, if she did do it. Um, I, have you ever heard you know, Amber I'm, gossip? No. Mm-mm. No, I honestly no. have never heard her do anything like that. If anything... Uh, she would come to me if she's heard someone gossiping about a particular person, and if it bothered her, she would come and say to me, you know, Mommy, this is going on. What do you think I should do about it? Should I say something? You know, and then we just, like I said, we always communicated about certain situations. So I think now she knows exactly how to handle it. Um, I think she's Mm -hmm. like me at this point when you're around a lot of gossiping, you just walk away because it makes me feel uncomfortable. So um, I think she does the same thing now. Like, okay, that's that's what y'all going to sit here and do. I, it's time for me to leave. Risa, <laughs> so. how about you? Uh, what about the women in your family when you were together when Lindsay was small? Um, did, would you say she was privy to a lot of gossip, or do you ever notice that in her own relationships, the yeah. gossiping? I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I never gossiped in front of her, but if I did, it was something really juicy about a family member that I didn't like. <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. <laughs> but it was never about, you know, a neighbor or, you know, a classmate from college or, you know, anything like that, you know. And she was exposed to, you know, different juicy stories, if you will, you know, over time, you know, age-appropriate, you know, information. But, again, this is the truth. I'm, I'm not hiding everything from her. This is how the world operates, you know, but you don't go around being sadistic and hurting people with information like this. So this is, you know, the point to be taken from all of this. But in junior high school, I perhaps I'm dating myself, but there was a slam book 
and it was a notebook that had your name on it maybe. The next page is somebody else's name at the top, and then it's passed around for everybody to make comments about the person. Now, you're talking about gossip and fistfights and jealousy, and, you know, this is what they used to do out here. I never will forget that. And for some reason, my name was always at the beginning of the book. So this is wow, what girls did huh? to one another here in Colonia. It's called a slam book. It, maybe wow. I'm older. If you ask your mothers about it, I'm sure they know because, you know, this is like an old thing. Yeah. Well, I think book. it still continues, Risa. I just think now just people mm-hmm. just post it on their Facebook page or whatever, Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. you know, it's real easy to be a bully when you're in your house by yourself, you know, in front mm-hmm. of your computer and there's no one there to challenge you or debate you. It's really easy to type out some really ugly things and walk away not really realizing what you've done to that person. I recently watched the Netflix series um, 13 Reasons Why, and I would recommend Mm -hmm. everyone watching this series because it really talks about the bullying and more so Mm -hmm. on another level how women, girls, we're put in the positions where we're being raped and, you know, we're being molested and just abused Mm -hmm. emotionally, and we're not Mm -hmm. supporting one another. It's like we're just Mm -hmm. standing by the side taking part in it, and it's just, it's so disturbing. It just really makes me wonder when I see young girls committing suicide, what does this come from? Is it a part of that woman thing? Is it a part of that girl thing that's just too rough for them to handle? And I really am getting to the point where I believe everything starts in the home, no matter what you're exposed Mm -hmm. to. Whatever kind of mm-hmm. home you come from, whatever your, however your environment shapes you, that's what you carry when you go out into the world. So Agreed. I guess we would have to say yeah. we have a lot of broken women in homes raising yeah. little girls who are in turn broken little girls. And if emotional you follow a bully home, a bully will open up the door, and a bully can be male or female. And so mm-hmm. what do, how do I think, you know, there's a term people say, we, we go, we spill a little tea. And to me, it's a nicer way of saying gossip because, oh, you know, mm-hmm. she spilled a little tea. You know, a little tea is a snide remark. A snide remark is still a dig. It's still a cut. So I think we found ways to soften how we talk about people. Oh, she spilled some tea. Oh, everyone spilled some tea. We shouldn't be at a point where we're comfortable with spilling tea. Would anyone agree or disagree with that? I agree with I you, Tanja. I really do because no matter how you sugarcoat it, cover it, well, it's always covered up, it, it still hurts. It really, it still hurts. And you may think, oh, I just said, I didn't mean anything by it, but that one little remark could have cut that person so deeply. You have no idea what that person was dealing with, and they just probably say, okay, this is one more day, and I it's it's there just needs one more thing and I'll be done and then you say right. something like oh and then mm-hmm. you send that person spiraling all the way back down to where they just clawed their way up from you, you understand what I mean yeah so yes. this stuff from being spilling tea or straight out gossiping either one is is just as detrimental so you just really shouldn't be done in a perfect world but you know we have to in teach a- our girls. Now, I don't have girl children. I don't have daughters. However, I'm around little girls. I'm around uh, teenage girls. I'm around young women. So, you know, when I see stuff like that, and I'm trying, because when, what, what sticks it for me, I have an aunt that is, who wow. Whoo! <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just going to leave at that. You, do you hear my cousin chuckling? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I do. That is, is who? And my stepmom, God rest her beautiful soul, and my natural mom both said to me, you acting just like, and that, I put the brakes on it because she wasn't a, a nice person. Pretty in the face, but not a nice person. And I was 13 when I was told that. 
so I started at 13 changing the way I responded and the way I reacted to certain things and what I encouraged because I didn't want to be identified as her at all. Okay, so Lorraine, that's you know, if I'm hearing you correctly, I was redirected. Okay, one second. So if I'm hearing you correctly, which is really even more disturbing, you're saying in your family grown women start diminishing younger girls as early as 12, 13, older women start breaking down their confidence. Is, is that correct? No, 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 no. What they did for me was make me recognize that that's what I was turning into. Oh, okay. And they put okay. brakes on it. So when they said that, I was they were redirecting me is what they were doing. So you because had like a good said, foundation person, to be able to recognize that. Like, it had yes. to come from somewhere as you came along that when you heard something like that, that you were able to acknowledge it, get a hold of it, and consciously right. make a decision to make changes so that moving forward you wouldn't objectify this kind of behavior onto other people or behave in right. this manner that you didn't want to be. I think it's great that no, you I, got a, that you right. realized that and got a hold of it. And I don't want to, I'm, I was no angel, and it took a long time, but the fact that it was brought to my attention at 13, I had the time to fix it, you know? So I'm that's, that's not really a perfect insightful. person, but I try to encourage as much as I could because, like I said, because I don't have daughters of my own, but I have um, young little girls, Young women, I have a slew of sisters that look look to me for guidance. I'm a teacher, so I have these women of all different, I teach adults, all different ages looking at me for advice. And so if I say to you one thing, but my actions show something else that's contradicting what I'm saying, that's another issue. So you have to talk, talk the talk and walk the walk. I agree. I, I agree with definitely with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would like to bring up how this dysfunction spills over into our social lives, like the women in the church arguing with each other and uh, women at work backstabbing one another or trying to outshine someone else and diminishing someone else's accomplishment. So if we are to start to make a change or try to make a change, where do we start? Is Does that mean when we see a young girl doing it that we call her attention to it, even if we don't know her? Because on another level, you really can't say anything to some of the teenagers out here now or and everyone mm-hmm. has seen all the videos on social media. You may get hit or you may get cursed mm-hmm. out. So how mm-hmm. do you start? Because the women who need to be on this call or let's say who need to listen to this conversation to see if they identify with any of it, I can guarantee you they're not on the call because that's how it <laughs> always plays out. The person who needs to hear something is never listening. Around to hear so, it. <laughs> we're conscious women. Let's just say we're conscious women and we're concerned about women getting along. What do we do personally to try to make things better or Maybe you feel there's nothing we can do. We can just only take care of the women in our home. And I'll just start from the the top of the list. Tasha, what do you think you can do personally? Or do you think you should do anything personally to try to change this relationship? Well, I mean, honestly, I think that as a society, like we all have a personal responsibility um, to each other. At least that's how it should be. Um, personally, I would, like, if I saw something that I didn't agree with, I would probably say something knowing me. I would probably say something. But I think it's all in your approach. You have to be able to gauge the situation. Like, I wouldn't just be all crazy out here, you know, getting involved in this and getting involved in that. I think you should uh, gauge the situation first. And um, if if you can do that, then you can pretty much, you may be able to tell whether or not, that's a, a area you can go into with that person. And I think it's, it has a lot to do with your approach, how you approach mm-hmm. the situation, you know, and what, and what you say, you know, we all are mothers and daughters, you know, we're somebody's uh, daughter. So, you know, I, I would, you know, let them know, like, you know, do you think your mom would approve of this behavior? I mean, you don't know where these kids come from, but it's, it's right. all in the approach. I think it's 
how you approach the situation and you gauge the situation to see if it's an area you can even go into with that particular person. But I think we all have a responsibility to each other as a society and, and that we should um, get more involved in helping each other have empathy towards each other and compassion um, towards each other. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I will probably say something depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Risa, would you say something or yeah, would you I... not think it's your place? Well, you know, I've never have been one to be accused of being an apathetic bystander. I mean, if I saw something where it's a life or death situation or could be potentially extremely threatening, then perhaps I would say something. But otherwise, I really don't think so. Maybe if I was younger, <laughs> you know, I, I, I put, you know, I put my, um, I, w- I would be more apt to say something. But now, and the way these kids are today, because I remember hmm. one time I was in Plainfield, and these girls were going at it outside Plainfield High. I was right at the library, and I was like, you know, what are you doing? And I spoke to them, and next thing I know, these guys rolled up, and they going in the trunk of the car. So I was like, that, that was about 15 or 20 years ago. So ever since then, I'm really, really careful about, you know, what I get into, you know, as far as helping yeah, you someone or as attempting to have people be introspective and realize that, you know, they're, what they're mm-hmm. doing is not really appropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Jillian, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think it's your place to intervene or do you think it's best to mind your business? Even if you saw something going on at work, gossiping going on at work, or if you should overhear Amber on the telephone speaking about her situation or another situation, what do you feel is your responsibility in that? Amber's concerned, yes. I think I would speak to her in regards to what she was gossiping about. Um, as far as adults are concerned, there's always going to be an opportunity to speak on something that someone has done because people who tend to gossip tend to try to get the okay from the people that they're gossiping to. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of times, and I've had it happen a lot, where people are sitting in a group, and I'm in that group, and you start talking about a particular person, and then they'll come to me and say, right, Jillian? No. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> just, uh, it's, you know, no. And they're like, okay, so you don't get involved in it. You just, re- you just reject the invitation to further add commentary to whatever slander is being spoken. Exactly. So at that point, they know where I stand with the whole situation. Look, you know, that's not where I want to go with this. If we can't have uh, a adult conversation or if we can't talk about anything meaningful, then I don't want to be a part of it. Um, I know when Amber, with her friends growing up, uh, they would come over and they saw how I treated Amber, how we interacted with each other, and they would leave my um, house saying, wow, Amber, you and your mom got a great relationship. You guys know how to talk to each other. So even if I touched one person by just letting them into my home and seeing how I deal with my child in my home or how I just operate, I think it's okay. I think I'm okay anyway. Yeah. I mean, we can't save everybody, but if we can touch one or two people, hey, good thing. Now, Lorraine, you're a teacher. Are there mentoring groups or something going on in your school that encourages young women to come together? No, no, there is not sad to say. However, they know me. They know who I am and what I'm about. So if there's an issue, they end up coming to me anyway. And, um, you know, I tell them truth, and I always tell them, I look, I can only talk about my life. And if their situation was similar to mine, I would say, okay, I had a situation like this. I chose to do this, that, and third. That didn't work because negative and negative never, ever, ever comes out positive. So I counteracted with something, so and so. Of course, I, I don't say like that. I break it down to them. And a lot of times they, they say, okay. 
And some of the times they reject it because they're not comfortable with it, they're not used to it. But um, I try to create that environment in my classroom because, again, I teach adult learners, and, you know, the first thing they'll tell you, I'm grown. Oh, well, you, that's good for you, but I, mm-mm, I don't know, not me, you know, that type of thing. So after they learn who I am, and I let them, you know, because you're adults, you're right. But after a while, they see that they're, what they're doing is not, has not been working all this time, and then they'll come back to me. Do you think I should? Well, look, this wasn't working. It hasn't been working for you, so why not try something different? And it always blesses right. my soul when they come back and they say, you know what, I did, and this is what happened. And, and they leave out looking like little kids. Grown women, a lot of them my age, I'm 50, I'll be 52 this year. Some of them my age, some of them a little older, a little younger. But they come back and so excited, like little, little girls. I did what you suggested, and then it you know. So that, that's where I get mine. You know, and, and I, I think God it all boils down to compassion. Having compassion yes. for one another at the end of Absolutely. the day, having love for each other and compassion for each other, and having some kind of empathy and understanding that no one, you know, wants to feel bad. No one wants to, everybody deserves respect. And just exactly. giving to other women or wanting for other women what you want for yourself. I think that's what it all boils down to just having some compassion for each other. If I could uh, just say, how do you learn compassion if the woman in your house does not teach you compassion? If you do not see the females in your family or the females in your environment, what about those girls? Because those are the girls that grow up into women that will wreak havoc for you mm-hmm. at your job, that will wreak havoc mm-hmm. for you in your social life. How how do what is the answer to that? Is sometimes there a you have to. Sometimes you just have to. Assess yourself. I mean, at some point in your life, you have to sit and assess yourself. And you have to know that if you're putting out all this bad, you have to know that that's, that's, not, that's not good for you or anyone else around you. Like at some point, we have to take responsibility for our Absolutely. actions and the way that we treat people. And we have to, and you know, sometimes they say, you know, you have to teach people how to treat you. But at some point, we have to take responsibility for our own actions and the things that we put out there despite the way that we were raised. And I do get that, you know, it does start at home. I agree I agree with that wholeheartedly. That's why I teach my baby now, you know, how to be and how she should be as a young woman, and especially with the way things are going out here now. But at some point, we have to take responsibility, and we have to, you know, sit back and assess ourselves and want for our sisters what we want for ourselves. You know what I'm saying? If mm-hmm. you know that for yourself you don't want to be disrespected and you don't want to be – you know, talked about like a dog, and you then then you should know common sense not to put not to do those things. If that's not what you want for yourself, if you don't want to see yourself in that situation, then you should know just from common sense that you should not be behaving in that manner. I mean, okay. So what about women, Tosh? But what about women who, if they have this reflective moment and they want to do the right thing, but doing the right thing may mean being out of the circle of their environment. So how do we help these young girls or even women who will feel like an outcast in their family if they try to make they a right decision? They have to make a stance. You have to you have to make a stance. Yeah. And you have to you have to have some confidence in yourself and I tell you, like me as my friends, I respect the ones who who if I am doing something I shouldn't be doing or saying or talking crazy. I respect my friends who can check me on that. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. to me, if I'm in a circle of women and if I know, because you know when you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, you know when you're wilding and you're doing stuff you shouldn't. And when you're in that circle and that's going on and it's being permitted and no one's saying anything, you don't don't have any friends in that circle. Those aren't your friends. Because friends should be able to check each other. And say, hey, you you know, this you shouldn't be doing that, or or whatever the case may be, you know what I mean. So, you know, if that's what it means that you get kicked out of the circle because you took a stance on something, then you should have enough confidence to know that 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 wasn't where you were supposed to be, and it is what it is. You know, find a different group of friends, but we have to take some responsibility for ourselves and the way that we treat people out here. 
I agree with that. You know, I agree that I, I, I would agree One with thing, that. I just think it's getting increasingly hard. I think we're getting it's just yes. getting increasingly hard with what young girls are dealing with and just the music and everything that's in yeah, the media. Yeah, I just true. think it's getting I was, so I was about hard to, say that. to do. I was about to say that because if we if you look at now I purposely I do not watch these reality unreality shows because it raises my blood pressure and I I just can't. But for for the most part all of them glorify this negative negative behavior. So a couple of okay. uh, years ago they want, there was one that, that came out called um Sisters in Law and I was so happy because I'm saying good. Our girls are getting to see positive images. Black women in a positive way. And one of the and it wasn't. Says, I saw that. It oh wasn't. Oh, my. I was so disappointed in our sisters. I was so disappointed. And then there's another one coming on now with um, Vanessa Williams and Tashina Arnold. And it's called something diva. I'm like, oh, God. And it looks like the same nonsense. So this is being rewarded. So they're saying, okay, well, it's, it's almost like the boys. Their friends are making more money on the corner, but they trudge into school to go to college, and they ended up they graduated from college with no jobs. But their friends who were on the corner are wearing all these expensive clothes because they're selling drugs. How do you explain that? You, you know what I mean? I think you said a very, very good word. I think what's being rewarded now is what's really disgusting. I think the behavior among women that's mm-hmm. being rewarded on television is also conditioning and programming us to throw anyone under the bus, tell any lie to be mm-hmm. famous for 15 minutes or to get a check for 15 minutes. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm at the point now where I would really like to see an end of all reality shows because all we really them. are talking about women who are in their 30s, 40s, and even if we give the young 20-year-olds a pass, what about the professional women out there? And I, I just wanted to try to find a way to have some dialogue about it because I think we're being desensitized to yes. compassion. Like I, I we, think... it's, it's becoming corny to be nice or compassionate mm-hmm. for something. And mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know how it... if we have one group of women who are trying to be compassionate and another group of women who are trying to mirror what they see is being rewarded for 15 minutes of fame. And I quickly want to touch on the young lady, uh, the cash-me-outside young girl, who I think is just, oh, oh my, I just oh. think her image and what she's being rewarded to showcase and younger girls looking at her because I actually saw that show on Dr. Phil. She was 12 when she went on the show. Seventh grade dropout. This girl has now over maybe one or two million Instagram followers. She's being paid for interviews I don't know how we stop this cycle when we can see a 12, 13-year-old girl drop out of high school, disrespect herself, her mother, and those around us, those around her. I don't know how we combat that. Like, does this mean more mentoring sessions? Do do we take responsibility? Do we reach out to young girls? Do we try to get mentor groups together? And we're down to our, our last two minutes. But that's just something I, I really may, wanted to touch upon. That was really disturbing seeing this young girl, the way her life is shaping up, because she's uh, not famous. Uh, she's infamous. And I think a lot of women don't understand yes. the difference between being famous and being infamous. infamous. Mm-hmm. I agree. But you can't have this conversation without touching upon narcissism, because mm-hmm. we're talking about lack of empathy. We're talking about treating Great other people point. badly to elevate oneself. That's, that's the, the basis of narcissism. And there's going to be a documentary on narcissism pretty soon. Why don't you guys Google it and find out about it, you know, where a mm-hmm. person just locks away their, their good human emotions because they've been so traumatized growing up in a household that was not nurturing. So, I mean, that's what we're seeing now, and it's at an epidemic. It is at an epidemic, and I would agree. And for the last minute of our show, I I just think that um, we're down to like one minute. We have about one minute left. But everything that we just talked about kind of actually flows back into what you just said, Risa, narcissism. I think that we are developing – I think millennials have a a really high degree of narcissism. I think there's Mm -hmm. – 
being a you know the abuse that's going on in the homes we're just leaving our little girls empty and so for the last 30 seconds of you know our show that we have going on here I'd like to uh, extend thank you a thank you to each and every one of you and for taking the time to share your comments and your thoughts and um very quickly once again I I'm hoping tomorrow we can go out with this conversation still fresh in our minds and Maybe we won't engage in gossip or spilling a little tea, but um, mm. hopefully we'll think about that as our week continues. And on that note, I'd really like to thank everyone for calling in. We could talk about this for another hour, but we're winding down. But thank <laughs> you, everyone, for calling in, and have a good night. Great talk, guys. Great. Thanks for the invitation. You too. Bye now. Bye-bye. <laughs>